Well, yeah. Hey, man. Hey. Cheers. Blink. Jake. Blink. I like that. <laughs> yeah. We need more remixes of the intro. I think we absolutely do. Welcome back to Sip and Mimos with uh, Jake and Elliot. I'm Jake. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm Elliot. And this is the show where we, uh, Jake and I discuss 90s radio rock and electronica over beverages. That's true. Often mimosas. It is the internet's premier citrus-based libation music-based podcast where we discuss yeah. 90s rock and electronica. Name a better citrus-based, citrus beverage-based 90s album-to-album uh, retrospective than our podcast. I bet you can't. Yeah. There's, pr- there's probably a few of them out there. I swear to God, everyone's got a podcast. <laughs> Jake, how you been? Been doing okay. Uh, went back to the office uh, finally, which is which has been different. Uh, there's nothing quite like working from home. Um, so definitely, definitely miss a lot of the aspects of that. But um, you know, change is good for the most part, and mm. it's it's been all right. It's it's a been nice to get back into my old work clothes. I had to dust them off practically. Dust- but- yeah, yeah, because everyone's wearing pajamas for the last two years. How's your puppy doing during the day when you're both gone? Oh, she's not good. good. At all. Uh, we we invested in um, a bigger bed for her because um, we had a like a medium sized one uh, that we would have her in when we go to the grocery store. Um, but this one, it's more of like um, I hate to say cage, but it's uh, like a grate, so that way she can see all around. And we put mm-hmm. her, we put her next to our window because she likes to bark at the birds. And <laughs> we position it in such we position it in such a way that she's able to still get some sun during the day because she loves to sun herself, uh, and also sleep on her blankie. Um, but she's she's good. Uh, I think she's ha- she handled it a lot better than than I did. Let's just say that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you, man? I've been out of town for a bit, uh, but I'm back in town now, and that's, I'm, I'm glad to be back. I'm very happy to be back. Uh, I got back to Austin right when the cold front hit, so it's like oh, kind of kind of lovely out, and like we're approaching sweater weather. I can't wait for jackets and all that good stuff. Uh, so if you're, if you're, if you happen to be listening in, um, in a Northern state, uh, or <laughs> some place that has seasons, uh, I feel like Austin's sweater weather is when it hits like 87. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I'll be in- if, it's below, if it's below 89, I'm like, oh my God, it's freezing. Where's my, where's my sweater? Cause it is fun to wear long sleeves. So, oh, I, and I, uh when I saw it was going to be like, well, it, I, I, I'm over exaggerating. Those days, like in the mornings, like it was like, I was in the mid fifties, you know? So, I mean, it's certainly, I think seventies. <laughs> and um, so I, I over exaggerate, but when I saw that, I told my fiance, I was like, babe, I got to go to the storage unit and get my sweater box. Like sweater box. <laughs> I have, a, I have a box of sweaters. <laughs> I have acquired an, uh, 
a miraculous amount of scarves over the years. I don't know why. I think I get them for Christmas every once in a while. And I have like, I have like eight or nine scarves and I wear them for like two weeks out of the year here. Like, I don't know why. I don't know how I can uh, have all these scarves, but uh, I'm excited to put them on. A good, a good scarf uh, can make all the difference in the world. It can, a good, you, can, you can be wearing just like a, a, a V-neck undershirt. You throw a scarf over that, psh, you sexy. Ooh. Yeah, you're looking good. <laughs> like a fucking rock a, v, a, v, a t-shirt with a scarf is like the most rock star slash douchebag thing to ever wear <laughs> like wait so you got us you got your broke out your scarf but you're still wearing a t-shirt like you don't have any long sleeves okay this is an odd choice but it does look kind of cool people that wear t-shirts and scarves probably have a lot of bracelets do you get that vibe <laughs> okay sorry okay 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 real talk <laughs> real talk now between you, me, and our listeners. Mm-hmm. Did you ever own and wear leather bracelets? I'm going to have to say yes. Um, <laughs> only because uh, <laughs> I went through a bracelet phase. Uh, you know, girlfriends told me I, ha- I had nice hands or whatever. And like the, the stuff, I, the bracelets will like accentuate the wrist. <laughs> I don't know. Um Never a watch guy, I think. Like, maybe I watched when I was, like, eight. But um, but uh, a, a, a girlfriend of mine, like, gave me a few of these, like, really cool, like, really thin, nothing crazy, nothing chunky, uh, little bracelets that I, I, I enjoyed. But, uh... <laughs> okay. So, Jake, that, 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 Im- that implies to me that you ha- had a uh, leather bracelet. I had, like, like, three of them over the years. Mm-hmm. Like, one was just like a thick brown one that looked like a belt for my wrist. I've uh, had a few thick brown ones in my time. Oh, God. <laughs> Nailed it. Episode title. No. <laughs> <laughs> the other one had like um, had like holes in it with, with like I like um, like, you know, how like uh, it was there were like little holes, but there was like steel around the holes. It was a whole thing. Grommets. You call Grommets. Them. I think. Or a grommet's like the little button things on your jeans. Yes. I think I'm right. All right. Um, Wallace and Gromit? Is that... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what they named Wallace and Gromit after the, a pair of jeans. <laughs> uh, Wallace and Gromit famously always wearing jeans. That's... <laughs> uh, but yeah, I used to rock I used to rock TH out of like leather bracelets. It's a rock TH at a little bit. Um, looks good on a guitar player, right? If you're on stage, wear whatever you want. I get it. You can like tuck your picks in there. I get that. I think that's kind of oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, uh, were you ever a hemp guy? Did you ever have a hemp necklace or a hemp bracelet? Oh, God. Yes. I yeah. Used to make yeah, them. yeah. <laughs> used to make them. Yeah. I get it. It's, it's fun. I, 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 I wore one for many years, like in high school. Did you ever do like puka shell slash shark tooth necklace? <laughs> No shark teeth, no puka shells, but very close. <laughs> I don't know, like all the stores in the mall, like, like like back when like fish was blowing up and stuff, and like and like the hippie thing kind of came back for a minute. Like, like I remember, like in high school, it was like, you know, freshman year. I'm like, oh, is swing music a thing? This Alyssa is gonna last forever. And then like, and then it became like a hippie thing, like with when fish became a thing, and then like goth became a thing, and then like rave became a thing. And I was like, I I, I, I can't. 
I can't stay up to date with all these different fashion trends. Like, uh, who am I? By the time I got to college, I was like, I don't know who I am. Let's let's try to rebuild. <laughs> Welcome back to accessories and things with Jake. <laughs> it's the Claire's from the mall podcast. Yeah. <laughs> let's have this 14 year old pierce your ears. You should probably have a doctor do this. It's like, it's gouging a chunk of your flesh out. Oh, let's have, let's they, have they would do it right there in the window and people would just be like walking by like, yeah, yeah, yeah. people like, like, like it was like, it was a place where you can watch them make your pizza and all that. Like people just like <laughs> watching people get their ears pierced. Like, I don't want that. Did you, did you, uh, did you ever have any piercings, Jake? I, yes, I, I had both eyebrow, Denver eyebrow. Uh, I did lip though. You did lip. I had a, for one that's, month that's, that's worse that's worse <laughs> worse than than an eyebrow oh god i had like my first girlfriend marlena if you're listening hello, uh, marlena. like marlena marlena hello marlena i'm sorry <laughs> come marlena come come marlena all right anyway uh uh, she she had an eyebrow thing and she's like ellie it'd be so like it'd be like so hot if you had an eyebrow piercing because that was like the it was like the coolest shit in the world back in, the, in those days. I was like, I'm not doing that ever. No piercing. No, no, no piercing. Like, I'll get, a, I'll get a tattoo someday. And I did. But then I've never been, never been pierced. That's my favorite uh, Drew, Drew Barrymore Drew Barrymore. <laughs> yeah, I beat you. I beat you. I beat you to it. it. <laughs> but you had the lip thing. And then like, what? Oh, it got infected? Uh, no, I... It was right out of high school. I wanted to be like Tom DeLonge so bad. Sure. Um, I got it, and then I was like, "Oh, I need, I need to get, I need, I need a job." Um, so yeah, <laughs> so I had to yeah. take it out, and um, I realized that I had to have left it in for it to like heal and for it Oof. to stay. And yeah. I learned that the hard way that hurt. Um, oh, but uh, but yeah, so I did that for a while, and um, nothing since. I have uh, every now and then I'll. I'll put like a fun like novelty earring in. Like I have these like really fun like parrot ones that are really long, so maybe like a pirate. So you still got your uh, your lobes uh-huh. pierced? How about that? I don't think I've ever seen you with an earring on. <sighs> it's 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 like very few and far between. Yeah. Have you watched, listened, or heard anything cool lately? Um. Well, uh, when I was out of town. Um, I was, with, I was with my family and we tore through a bunch of um, Succession. Have you seen this show? I've heard a lot. It's got one of the Culkins in it, right? It's got a Culkin. Uh, and he's like phenomenal. And Brian it, Cox. It's Roar. Is it? It's um, Kieran. Kieran. Do you, uh, you want to know which, which guys go, my high school are gay? Yes. Do they have, do they wear glasses? <laughs> yeah yes from uh scott pilgrim very good stole the show it, it, i imo like he's so yeah good. When, when scott's like hey double standard he's like i don't make the rules scott <laughs> like i just enforce them uh yeah because like, he hooks up with the girl's his sister's boyfriend or whatever yeah uh uh he's fantastic in it it's really cool it's just about like a rich family and like they're all fighting with each other about who gets the money and blah 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 Oh, and I um, finally got into Ted Lasso. Have you seen this show, dude? Oh, I love Ted Lasso. Dude, it's so great. It, it was like a, 
uh, on my trip, which was not a lot of fun. It was a nice little, uh, just like a little sweet, uh, digestible deliciousness. Um, because it's just about a nice guy and he like wins everyone over. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Jason Sudeikis is just, just incredible. And I mean, not just him, uh, the whole cat. I mean, the guy that plays like Roy, Roy Kent. Yeah. That guy, the, the really mean dude, didn't he, didn't he just get an Emmy? Yeah. I think it's Ben Goldstein. I think. Oh Uh, boy. You're going to have to Google that one. I think he actually, yeah, I'm sorry. Brett Goldstein. Brett Goldstein. He actually started off as a writer on this show. I was, I was, I was reading that and he was writing, he was writing like parts and he goes, Oh, I think, I think I'm uh, Roy Kent. And he sent like, he did like a rehearse uh, audition tape and sent it in. And he just, it, they went, they went with him. Um, I love that. Um, Has he been in other stuff as an actor or? I've never seen him before. He was like just in the writer's room. He's like, he should sound like this. He should be really fucking pissed off. And then he's like, oh, maybe I should just do it. Oi, you can't tell your friends at school to F off. (laughs) Yeah, with the the kid. And she's like uh, tallying all his uh, F words and all that. Oh, it's so great. Did you you make it to season two or? Uh, I got into like halfway through season two. I understand it gets a little dark um yeah but i mean it's 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 real good it's real nice the way they do it they they address they address uh-huh. a lot of things and um did you watch I, the christmas episode i was just gonna say i got to the christmas episode i'm like wait what the fuck are we doing here oh you love it <sighs> loved <laughs> like but they're like parodying all these uh like love actually and all these rom-coms and all that like i guess but like don't community my ted lasso like they're like is this a satire now like like it just broke the walls a little bit for me you know what i mean make it kind of like hokey kind of or hokey yeah i mean like i I like that the show is really sweet and charming and and uh lovely but when they just smack you over the head with it it took me out of it the same way segue that watching marvel's what if Oh, I, okay. I'm, I'm I'm constantly trying to listen and figure out which voice actors of the actual cast showed up, and it's really distracting. <laughs> I'm like, wait, is that actually Hemsworth? Is, is that wait? Did they like like sample lines that RDJ said in Iron Man Two for this one scene? Like, or is that that he's like it's or is it like a sound alike? It took me out a little bit. Um. So you started watching What If? Yes, tore through that. Just tell us if the voice actors are there or not. <laughs> Good old Chadwick showed up like a boss. Um, um, it's cool. Uh, really violent. It, it's like, Very. this is this is some like, R-rated animation that some kid's going to stumble upon on Disney Plus and all. Uh, like the zombie episode's so upsetting. And like, you could tell like the final script like for the zombie episode which is really, really violent and really disturbing and a lot of death and like a lot of loss. Um, they clearly like this, like, well, we need to add some jokes in here to brighten it a little bit. And all the jokes are shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I was like, well, just let it be a dark one. Uh, are you digging it still? So the zombie one is the last one I, I've seen. Um, and I, I totally agree. It was like watching it. I was just kind of like, 
Ooh, like yeah, this is this is kind of intense for 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 you know Disney Plus. You yeah, know? maybe it's the dad in me. I'm like, are kids gonna be allowed to watch this? Like, is this really? It's really upsetting. Yeah. Uh, Winter Soldier cuts Captain America in half with the shield and all that. Like, and that's like the least disturbing thing in the like the um the wasp stuff when she gets big to like she goes giant wasp to like bring him to the thing or whatever and then falls on all the zombies and oh god it's so upset when she goes into when like wasp goes like in is it captain marvel or like scarlet witch and just like expands and just like splatters her like across like the, the train oh yeah 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 i can't i think it's scarlet witch and i that was when i was just like no, Scarlet Witch is like the big fight at the end. But well, maybe she does that. I forget. Oh no, I'm thinking of Black Widow. Oh God, uh, yeah. I'm 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 glad they like had the balls to make that episode. But boy, oh boy, it's so disturbing. Yeah, very, very dark. Very caught ca- caught me off guard uh, more than a couple times. And um, but yeah, I mean, it, it it's cool that they're they're pushing those boundaries uh, while they can because. Did you see that Disney might lose like the rights to all those characters? <laughs> I think Marvel, 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 the publishing company is like currently like countersuing all their creators to like make sure they have all these rights. It's a weird thing. And like, and kind of like classic Marvel, the company Marvel publishing to just completely annihilate and fuck over their creators like they're just notorious for it like not giving them rights not paying them enough and like using all their shit like so like the creators of like you know i think everyone except for cap because i think cap was i don't know whatever but like all like you know your ditko's your uh Brubanks or whatever the hell uh they're all like kirby's your kirby's yeah oh, oh and the essentially like they're Th- these creators children because many of them are gone like their estates are now being like countersued for like because like these these estates like want you know, give them a cut like yeah. you've like you've got well i guess i don't know how much money marvel marvel has like the, the comic book company but like marvel studios is how has all the cash and disney has the cash of like a continent now so just pay them i don't yeah. know just give them a little cut god damn it that's why we're in this Black Widow Scarlett Johansson situation because she didn't get a cut of that streaming. <laughs> and it, and it, you're right; it's not like they don't have the money. It's like the way I look at it is like this: you know, like they could have had, they could have had like another actor to play that role, like of um, Black Widow. But would they have sold it as well as Scarlett Johansson? You know, like would would they have been as iconic as Scarlett Johansson? You know, like it's just. I don't know. She carried that character. She like made that character. Like, give her, give. Her. Uh, I, I guess. Uh, <laughs> all I can. All right. I'm not. Boy, I, I don't want to be. Do you not like her as, as Black Widow? I don't want to only be contrarian to Jake on this podcast, but like, just the the line delivery of when I think it's Banner in the Avengers when he asks her like, "What's her name?" or whatever. She's like Natasha Romanoff, like. With this really thick, like, California accent. 
Natasha Romanoff. Like she sounds like she's a character from Clueless. Like she's Russian. Like can you can she like roll the R at least and Romanoff? Like like come on. I don't know. But you know she's a superstar, so you know I get it. I don't know. She played Motoko Kusanagi in Ghost in the Shell, and like that's a whole conversation oh. to have. Like is that allowed? But I'm. Um, <laughs> well, uh, pay your writers, Marvel. That's all. Yeah. I'm trying to think what, what we've been watching. Yeah, what have you been watching? Ridiculous dating shows. We got into this really great one called Below Deck. Um, is that the Star Trek one? No, it's a. It's about luxury. Is it's it's about crews on luxury yachts and the charters they go on and like their guests. It, it's everything. <laughs> It's, is it like 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 uh, do you remember lifestyles of the rich and famous that show way back it i, I never watched it, but it i'm familiar uh, and i love good charlotte um good but, charlotte uh, oh <laughs> okay i got it <laughs> um, very good no it's more like the drama that goes on below deck on these like super yachts and wait oh so it's not a like a just a cool like documentary showing off these yachts it's like a fictional is it a is it a story it's like a, it's a fictional show oh it's it's a it's like non-fiction oh okay yeah it's a like a reality show and, oh it's uh, a reality show on yachts yeah oh, boy. And, uh, we we love it and uh i'm actually <laughs> it's like one actually the cook ben on this show reminds me of you the cook Ben on Below Deck, the the reality show about super yachts, reminds you of me. Yes. In what way? He he's like he's a like a like a charming, witty, funny guy, and I'm like, oh, okay. Kind of Elliot. Okay. And, he, and he's British, baby, and everything. Every time he talks, he just what, the, the the British guy reminds. Hey, baby. Remember there was that period you were British. You remember? I do. And I was, uh, you know, in between high school and college trying to find yeah, myself. You were like, all, <laughs> I threw out my bracelet collection and tried being <laughs> British for a bit. Uh, there, there's a movie that it's probably not very good, but I I love it. It's called The Rocker and it's with Rain Wilson. Yeah. Um, you remember that one? Wait, I think uh, I saw it. Like He plays a drummer, right? Yeah. yeah and yeah. The, the band he's in back in the day they're from like cleveland they kick him out well the band goes on to be like world famous rock stars he meets them at the end of the movie and they have like fake british accents oh that's great and it's it's will arnett and a a like pre like superstar bradley cooper and fred armisen oh i love all those guys that's great fred and armisen is the drummer clearly no, that replaces him fred armisen is the bass player but he's mm-hmm. like a an amazing drummer. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, opportunity, you know, lost. Okay. And he goes, and Rain, well, because Rain Wilson is the drummer in the original band. Of course, yeah. Um, and so Rain Wilson goes, when did you guys be, get British accents? <laughs> they're like, oh, look at this bloke. This bloke. And Fred Armisen's like, oh, I remember him. We, he's, he's from our, our American days. This is this is fish, and uh, oh, it, wow. it's such a. I'll YouTube you just that one clip because it's pretty darn funny. It's, That's great. I love all those guys. It's awesome. Maybe um, I won't have to watch that again. 
it's it's kind of like a time it's like it's got like a very like pre-superstar everyone's pre-superstar i feel um like emma stone um Damn. josh gad uh like jane lynch jason sudeikis is in it oh wow man um were you a josie and the pussycats fan oh the man i actually did a rewatch of it a couple months ago and it is wonderful same writer and director of can't hardly wait really yeah i just found that out an hour ago when i was opening up wikipedia and all that and that wild? i did not know that i wonder why i love it so much but but you see like the Seth Green and Breck and Meyer of it all like like oh that makes a little sense okay oh wow it's all coming together and isn't uh, the other guy Donald not Donald Pleasance Faison Donald Faison he's from Scrubs he's yeah he's great yes he's in Josie and the Pussycats what's the band what's what's the boy band called oh gosh what is it um it's really du fun Dazor <laughs> yeah okay. That that <laughs> that movie's a lot of fun. I was like, you know, it was like movie night or whatever. I was like, fine, we'll fucking watch your pick. Like I was, I wanted to watch, you know, I don't know, Predator again or some bullshit. <laughs> and then I'm like, this is actually fantastic. Uh, who's the, what's the guy that played Nightcrawler? Uh, oh, Alan Cummings. Alan Cummings. Yeah, he's like really great in it. Oh man, there's some funny shit in that movie. And then um, who is it? Um, Parker Posey. She's like the. I adore Parker Pussy. I think I've talked about it on the cast before. Man, yeah. oh man. Just She's like killer. dream, just dream girl. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching a lot of like um, old SNL clips uh, because, you know, uh, just recently on the, so today's the 20, September 29th, 2021. Mm -hmm. um, uh, on September 14th, uh, this same year, uh, we lost one of our, the all-time greats. Uh, one, one of my favorites, uh, what, and I'm excited to hear your thoughts on him as well. Uh, Norm MacDonald. Yeah, we lost Norm, man. Uh, I also did a you know deep YouTube dive of... Uh, uh, if you just type Norm MacDonald, Conan O'Brien, like every time he's on uh, any you know talk show or whatever, but especially Conan, because I think Conan like let him, you know, let him loose a bit. Yeah. Uh, he just annihilates, and it's so funny. Like, wow, one of the funniest dudes ever. Oh, and while I was uh, out of town, um, we made a point to watch Dirty Work. Oh. Uh, his, mo his movie that he does with, uh, well, Bob Saget directed it. And it's like, it's not like, you know, it's not great, but it was like, it was, it was like his uh, attempt to be like, it was like his happy Gilmore or whatever. You know, he was yeah. trying to do that, or Billy Madison, whatever. Uh, and but he, you know, he got Sandler in it. Chris Farley's in it. Uh, Don Rickles is in it. It's it, Chevy Chase is the doctor. It's so amazing. He got all these people because all these, like you know, legendary comedians really respected the hell out of them because he had such this he had this insane delivery. You know, it was like, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's just so funny. But like, like, and me and my sister always joke about the scene where, <laughs> like, he's talking to these homeless dudes that he can he talks into or he pays to like run through this. Uh, building lobby like screaming and all that and then we cut after they do that so you can like get to the whatever uh, uh this guy has this great like long like slow fate like slow pan in uh monologue about i remember when i was happy and now like i went to my daughter's soccer game and they asked me to to leave because they thought you know i, I looked so disheveled he goes it, just, it cuts to norms going here's your two dollars 
yeah. It's cuts him off. It's, isn't it's the funniest shit. Isn't that actor the same guy who does the um the like Jeopardy for Billy Madison, the one that's like yep. you yes. know, you were so wrong and we're all yes. dumber yeah. because Ever, everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on mercy. you. <laughs> all right, a simple a simple wrong would have been would have been all right. <laughs> wrong would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's like an old SNL writer, I forget his name, but yeah. yeah. Uh I um I actually shared because like Dirty Work, you're right. I think it was like his like one. I read a really interesting article on Consequence of Sound, um, and the author is escaping me. But uh, if you're interested, check out Consequence of Sound, Dirty Work, Norm Macdonald. It'll definitely bring it up. The author, so the author of the article is uh, Jesse uh, Hassinger, um, and uh, it was really wonderful about Dirty Work. And gosh, growing growing up, I adored Dirty Work. You know, it's yeah. kind of like I don't think Norm ever wanted to be a movie star. I think he was just stand up all the way. And it's yeah. kind of like the way like the Lonely Island did like Hot Rod. Yeah. Where it was like their like own specific brand of humor. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that's what Dirty Work was as well. I, I actually shared on my Twitter to my like 70 followers. Shout out my good buddy Mark Valdez. Um, uh, we uh, the, the the scene where he goes, um, it's Artie Lang, who's just amazing in that movie. Artie Lang, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me, and he's like, <laughs> it's, like, it's oh, a solid boy. like minute of just like brilliance because he's just like, all right, Mitch, looks like we got a fight, and he's gonna fight the frat guys. Yeah, and yeah. Sounds yeah. like. All right, can I be on their side? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it cuts to like Chris Farley. <laughs> Chris Farley, yeah. And he's like, and like one of the bar, one of the people at the bar is like, looks like there's gonna be a rumble. You playing the, you playing a fight song? And Chris Farley's like, <laughs> you know it, man. <laughs> yeah, Rolling yeah. Stone, Street Fighting Man, G Seven. <laughs> he's like. You just hit G8. And it, if you like pina coladas. They break into like this big mansion because like someone hires them to like prank this, these guys that are making too much noise. And they're like, we're going to hide fish and all the air vents and everything and all and, and all that. And then it ends up being like a mafia house. And like, they, so like, oh, everyone walk, comes home and they hide in a different room and there's holding these dead fish. And I mean, it's here. You, know, you hear these mafia dudes like, Wait, it smells fishy in here. Wait, what is that, a code? Are you a cop? And they're like, they all start killing each other. And, like, and there's it's a long, long five minute shot of this like Norm Macdonald and Arling like holding these dead fish and like with their eyes wide open, like and you just hear all these gunshots raining down into the room next to it. So funny. Is it, isn't like one of the screams like, he's taking my gun and he's using it on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like, like a chainsaw shows up. It's so crazy. Like, oh like, my God. Oh, it's so funny. They're like walking out and like you know, the the Foley artist put some like squish effects, you know. Mm-hmm. And it cuts back and Artie Lang's like still <laughs> putting the fish. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone watch Dirty Work if you got the time. And, and Google Norm MacDonald, Conan O'Brien, and there's like a really good one with uh, whatever the girl was from uh, uh, Melrose Place where he like 
Norm, <laughs> Norm comes on first and he talks to Conan and then like uh, homegirl comes on like the superstar of Melrose Place and like Norm just doesn't let Conan ask her anything and just takes over the whole thing and it's hilarious. It's so funny. Um, you know, talking about those old SNL skits, uh, one of my favorites. A little too young to like really remember the Mike Myers era. Every time he pops up, I'm just like, I, I, it just makes me, it's just, I love Mike Myers, um, the way he like does so many fun accents, you know, like mm-hmm. he's just a genius at like doing these like amazing accents, uh, particularly his Scottish accent. There like, it is. You're, oh my gosh, we didn't even, we didn't even let the listener know the special occasion for this episode. What? You're, you're cutting yourself off mid mid segue to okay go ahead so so as you remember last year around i believe it was around this time we did a very special soundtrack episode Mm -hmm. uh, where we last time we recorded it was like the year anniversary of it or something the year anniversary okay i don't even know what day it is i'm time is a flat circle uh (laughs) i don't i have no idea uh but uh you know we definitely wanted to get in uh one of one of our favorite uh, themed episodes, um, sipping mm-hmm. soundtracks. Oh come on, Jake! That's beautiful. Love that. <laughs> I love and, it. I love it. And uh, as as you may have heard last episode, I kind of pulled a bass one. Um, my partner Elliot. Um, yeah. But, uh, I think it was. I think it was a really enjoyable experience, for 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 many different reasons. But uh, my segue was about the Scottish accent. Yes, uh, because Elliot picked 1996's Danny Boyle directed Danny Boyle train spotting. Uh, together, here we go. Here we go. our soundtrack episodes uh you watched the movie correct i did i uh to make to, i to make time i had to fast forward a little bit i have it for another uh 43 hours so i'm gonna go back and okay look back but um i i just did for 20 minutes or so and i saw i'm curious i'm curious you saw the last part yeah okay uh beautiful because that's important um i'm curious now like I, I, I did not get a chance to rewatch Train Spotting, um, uh, but it's uh, it's 
all in my head because boy, it's hard to forget. And um, I'm just curious what part of the movie you fast forwarded through. Well, so even though I had to like fast forward, um, I I read the synopsis, uh, the part where he he goes to uh, London, um, and then the guys meet him there. The old friends meet him there to okay. uh, to sell. Um, and they make they make the big they make the big sale, and he leaves. Yes, yeah. You mean the ending of the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but when I when I when I assigned you uh, transporting, you, you you seemed a bit hesitant, like it might be a freaky watch, because uh, it is. There's plenty of really disturbing stuff in here. Um, it's not quite requiem for a dream, you know, because uh, there's, so, there's plenty of I'm, comedy I'm so in it. You brought that up, yeah. Okay, That's, go ahead. Because I I thought about requiem for a dream a lot while watching yeah. this yeah. movie. Like well, Reckless for Dream is just horrificness, but like Train Spotting kind of glorifies this life. It's yeah. about heroin, you know. The movie's about heroin, and it's about you know, uh, let's just do a synopsis. Like it's about Scottish uh, youths that uh, get into heroin and just in crime, and they just don't give a fuck about anything at all. Um, directed by Danny Boyle, who I think is like one of the most underrated uh, directors. Train spotting. Twenty days later, um, Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, he did yesterday recently, which I really kind of enjoyed. But like, talk, he can do he can do he can do anything he wants, and it's all kind of perfect and great. Like, the, you, you, you liked yesterday? I enjoyed. Yeah, uh, I we we saw it on a on a Sunday afternoon at the draft house, and there you go. I think we had like a milkshake while watching, and it was. Oh, just, see, that's Sunday afternoon milkshake movie date night that's fucking great perfect yeah we i mean it was beatles music and you know like a a, a danny boyle movie you know which i admittedly uh hadn't haven't seen i'm looking through his filmography I haven't seen a terrible amount i don't think but i mean it's i mean a lot of striking images as we'll get into with this movie very well shot i mean yeah i mean it was great oh forget it. it yeah 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 uh, well, okay, what are your immediate thoughts on Train Spotting? Uh, I mentioned it right before we jumped on, but it was like a, it was, it was a, like a, a harrowing watch at times. Like it was, yeah. <laughs> you were were like Requiem for a Dream is like I would say that's a horror movie in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This one, this one was different. It was a little like there was like some like like some lighthearted like kind of like gross out funny stuff too mm-hmm. um but it was also it's also incredibly sad you know and i think there, there it was a lot of it showed a lot of things a lot of activities that are, are so sad because you know there are yeah. there are people out there that are suffering um these these you know these types of addictions and how and, and it's so, you know, beautifully narrated by, I mean, I think he's in my top 10 now. I, you in? Oh, man. Forget, forget it. Yeah, he's amazing. In it. He's really great. Uh, and how he's like, he has this great narration and how he's going to do better. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. But first, he's going to get another hit, you know, and that's yeah. the last one, you know, and he just, like, you want him to succeed, but he just, he's so engulfed by this 
um, by this drug. Um, yeah. Just, I don't know. It was, it was a, it was a tough watch at times for sure. But uh, yeah, I don't do well with like um, the visuals of drug use. I, I, I had even like taken a note, like drug use in films, like makes my toes tingle and cringe. Like, I, like, ah, uh, like toe curling, you know, like, like, and it's not just like a fear of needles or anything, but like, uh, but maybe that too, but like, just, it just, God damn it. Like, this is such a bad idea you know like <laughs> like like the joke i i make a lot is like i'm watching wrecking for a dream tonight like i'm gonna and here's my wrecking for a dream drinking game i'm gonna take a shot every time someone makes a makes a bad decision but like but you know but like and like these guys these characters who are really well written you know like everyone's like equally like hilarious and terrifying sometimes like they're like I don't know. Are they just are they like sociopaths or whatever? Like they're just, but they're just aimless. Boy, it's it, but it's a cool movie. But like you know, but just to get off the Requiem train for a minute, like Requiem, like they're doing similar things, but with this haunting, you know, Clint Mansell score. But this one, like they're doing all the, they're they're stealing TVs from uh, elderly people. They're starting bar fights, and they're like fucking each other over but it's all to like this great soundtrack of like lust for life and like like really like happy like boom 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 ta, boom boom ba, dum, ba, dum. like so like you're just you're you're in their heads it's almost like uh like you can compare it to like clockwork orange where like well the characters think they're doing the right thing to do like they think this is all fine and good and awesome you know that ewan's got that great monologue that bookends the movie like the choose life thing Choose life, choose a career, choose choose mind-numbing game shows. And like, I chose not to choose life. I chose something else. I chose heroin. And it's fucking, yeah, heroin is the... Yeah, it, it's like starring Ewan McGregor and heroin. Like, it's it, it's a very, very much is a character in this movie. Yeah. An, an antagonist in this movie, you know? Yeah, like, like, a, like a, a demon, you know? Like, uh, it's really... Like a specter fucking... over these characters, you know, as you're yeah i really thought the i loved the the music cues i thought they were thought they were fantastic you know like yeah you start with the movie and it's like they're they're running you know yeah and he's doing this he's doing this like monologue about how like what's more in life you know and like the song lust for life it's like perfectly paired which is like i don't know maybe one of my favorite songs of all time how how hard is that tune slap like it's amazing yeah, it's, it's a, a, those drums. Boom, 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 boom. So I, great. I think that's a. I think Bowie co-wrote that one. Yeah, or at least produced it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's so fucking good. Um, what did you think of the soundtrack? You know, I I was doing some research on it, and it it's it always pops up in like the top ten of like all the lists. Like I think like Rolling mm-hmm. Stone or one of the one of the music blogs put it at like the number seventh soundtrack of all time oh wow i can only imagine batman and robin and batman forever <laughs> preceded it uh you know um real real close real, real good competition i uh and i can see why i mean it's such a it's like a it's got like this it's got you know like the early punk rock stuff of like iggy pop but then you have you know you have like New Order doing Temptation, 
you know, oh, and then forget it. And then it incorporates like that, like the Britpop stuff that was like really popular at this time with like Blur mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and Pulp, who actually just, I, I went on like a little Britpop um, detour last week. And so Pulp did uh, Common People, am I correct? Like, I want to live like common people. Just uh, outside of the soundtrack, but like that band. I... Yes. All right, cool. Um, yeah, that was on the same. That was on the same album that Mile End, because uh, it popped up, and mm -hmm. I recognized the artwork on my uh, on my streaming music streaming app, and I was like, oh, I just I just listened to this one last week. Uh, so it was it was cool to kind of like dip my dip my toe back into that. I was reading that like Oasis was supposed to be on the album. Uh, oh, I actually, uh, Oasis was supposed to be on this? Yeah, I was reading that like Oasis was supposed to be on this on the soundtrack, but like apparently like Noel Gallagher thought, uh -huh. the, movie, thought the movie was going to be about people who look at trains or just like look for trains. So he said, no, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to put my music on a documentary about trains. I actually uh, saw an interview where apparently I don't know what accent I'm doing. Apparently, <laughs> Liam Gallagher like fell out of a helicopter and like banged his head up or banged his face up really bad. Uh, oh, and I, uh, fortunately, he's still with us, just a little banged up. But apparently, like Noel came out and he was like, "I don't even think Liam's real. I think he's. I just don't. He's just not even real. He's like a figment. He's not real." I'm just like, and people they were like, "Man, it's the ultimate insult to say like someone's just like doesn't even exist." Like. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's brutal. Just, um, just, just make up already, Gallagher's, please. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Oh, fucking brothers. What are you gonna do? Uh, did, did you uh, encounter any definitions for the word train spotting in any of your research or anything like that? I, I didn't. I, I, I was. Was it of... was it lost on you during the movie? Like, like, why is this called train spotting? Admittedly, it was kind of lost on me. Do, do you have an explanation or? Um, I remember when the movie came out and we were talking about it because it's a soundtrack we would, it was on heavy rotation in like uh, when we were driving around in high school and stuff like that. Um, and a, a friend of mine like told me it was a DJ reference. Uh, and I was like, it is? And then like, what? No, that can't be right. Uh, and then, but it turns out like um, uh, train spotting, the, uh, means like just shooting up uh or um meaning like as you're injecting this vile demonic fluid into your veins it leaves tracks um oh. and then like and like and looking for a spot on within your veins that is um healthy enough to take the hit is called train spotting like looking for a, a new spot wow i know which is uh dark as hell um, but it's also, it also actually is a <laughs> DJ term, uh, train spotters are people that are interested in DJing and go to see DJs perform and don't dance, but do crowd the DJ booth and watch the DJs DJ and try to like, um, spot the different records that they're playing and then write and, and like calculate like what tracks they are, they are playing. Um, mostly there's like a whole track ID culture where like people will follow DJs um, in, intensely. And if you could 
figure out every song that a DJ played in a set and had a set list for a DJ mix that was like at some underground show or whatever, like people want to know about that. So train spotter, train spotting and train spotters in the DJ culture will follow DJs, try and figure out like uh, what different tracks are that are being played, especially if they're unreleased or whatever. Wow. Yeah. But I, I doubt that was what Danny Boyle had in mind when he called it Chainspot. Or, or I guess uh, the author of the book. It was a, it's a, based on a book. Yeah. And I, uh, I was Irving, looking at the... Irvin Welsh. I was, did you see the artwork for this book? The artwork for the book? Yeah. No. Oh. It, oh, geez. I just clicked on it. That's like... And I'm wondering how like close the movie is to the book like what so for the listener it's like these two two guys and they have like some like really nasty looking like skeleton masks on yeah um not at all what i would think because like the i mean the artwork for for train spot at least the soundtrack is pretty iconic i remember when they released it on vinyl dude the, the the design with like the posters and and uh and the and the soundtrack is like uh, very classic and like le- kind of legendary in the design world. If I could speak as a designer now, like like the the sans serif font looks like looks to be uh, Helvetica or Universe or something like that. Um, not papyrus. It's not papyrus. God <laughs> damn! It. I, I, I I threw my pen across the table when you said the word. You said the p word. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like like the, the cool color bars and all that and um. And like, like, like the movie has a design choice, like a branding behind it. When their names pop up on the screen and all this, when you were interested and we're in, begin being a, when we are being introduced to all these characters and stuff, I, I, I always dig that. Yeah, that was, I, I was not expecting that. It was like very like hyper stylized, very, um, especially at the end, uh, like the movie, I, I love movies that end with the like you see in a lot of like tarantino movies like how they end with like the title of the movie like it'll go black and it'll just say like once upon yeah. a time and chris, that chris nolan does that every time like bam dark knight or like bam interstellar like i, I dig that too uh i wanted like that's such a cool like stylistic choice I, I, um and really I, I think this was danny boyle's second film is it his second movie? I think that's right. So. <laughs> that's crazy to me. Second, and he nails it. I mean, oh, I don't know. Like, did you like it? I did. I mean, it was, it was a, it was, it was a tough watch. I mean, yeah, uh, at, at times. But you know, I think it was. I think it's. I think it's an important movie. You know, I think it. If not just, if not for introducing, you know, these, you know, great you know songs to to people that otherwise might not have heard them i think it's an important movie to kind of like show the ravages of addiction you know and yeah uh yeah this was his second movie which is nuts that's crazy but um tom what do you think of the soundtrack any any jams on here that you really enjoyed anything out of place or anything curious i thought everything really worked out and i was gonna bring up um like the way it's like sequenced, cause you kind of get like, so it starts off with Lust for Life. Um, and, but then like, there's like one point in the movie where it kind of t- 
turns, and I think it's when, I could be drawing, it's when he's like at his parents' house and they're like weaning off of heroin. And that's when you start hearing more of the electronic music on the on the on the soundtrack. Um, I don't know. I mean, I imagine that that's very intentional. I I guess we I probably should shout out the um, music supervisor. Music supervisor. Um, um, when he's back home with his folks and he's uh, having heroin withdrawals. Talk about harrowing. That's most, one of the most upsetting <laughs> sequences in like film history, I think. And I, I, I kind of apologize to for making you watch it, but uh, um, woof, oh my god! And uh, it's really neat to see a, a young Danny Boyle already having fleshed out his voice and style. Like, what the hell? Like, man, oh man, what a dope ass director! Like, everything he does is awesome. Beyond Lust for Life, any songs on here that on the soundtrack that uh, uh, stand I out? Love the Brian Eno Deep Blue Day. Yeah, yeah. Which I was trying to. They, is that in, that? It's kind of cool because it has like a excuse me, like a steel guitar playing in it. It sounds like which is you know usually found like in like country music. So I thought that was really neat. Um, oh. The Primal Scream song uh, Train Spotting, I, I really really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like I, like I was just saying, I was doing a deep dive into like rip pop, so it was really neat to hear Blur. Yeah, you seen um, Blur's? They're they're an interesting band. Like you know, like they're but, Damon uh, Auburn. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, which gorillas? He, gorillas. He, he's gorillas. Yeah. I saw a freaking amazing meme where it was like breaking. Gorillas perform oral sex at Brooklyn Zoo, and it's like oh two gorillas going, you know, performing oral sex on each other. And someone commented, "We're like, damn, I hope they did feel good ink too." Like, <laughs> <laughs> when's when's the new single "Oral Sex" coming out? I'm excited for new gorillas. The internet never misses. Uh, I think I somehow ca- I saw that about the gorillas blowing each other, like. Uh, <laughs> Just because I can't, you can't escape anything if you have an Instagram and you're like, you know, clicking around. Like, well, well, all the, yeah. uh, the Lou Reed had a song in there, "Perfect Date." I thought it was beautifully oh. done in the movie where he, yeah, he avoids going, and it's just like you just want to be like, oh, come on, but I understand that there's so much more to it than just stopping. Uh, he he avoids going to prison by going to this like rehabilitation program, but he. Mm-hmm. Just, like, like so many of the times in the movie, you know, he just needs that one last hit. So he goes to his yeah. dealer. And, like, it's like he sinks into the floor. Beautifully like, shot. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That whole sequence is off the hook. I was at least, like, uh, yeah, looking at clips and everything. I think what you touched on, like, once once he cleans up, finally, and, like, and it has this horrific withdrawal sequence and all that, before that part of the movie, like in the first half, all these songs like like Perfect Day or Lust for Life are meant to be a little satirical. Like, you know, like Perfect Day, like this is anything but a perfect day. He just shot up and overdosed and was dragged, just like limp into the middle of the street and thrown into a yeah. cab that has an arrangement with the dealer. 
and like this is heads his heads is hitting shit and like the the guys at the emergency room just know what this is and like it's like just another day for them like throwing them on a thing like so implying that it happens all the fucking time like um and then i think we switch gears once he's like trying to get better but of course his friends pull him back in yeah um the pulp uh pulp smile in um was another standout for me and i think the the one that we've both been excited to talk about the most uh underworld born slippy and You know, on on our uh, on our uh, Underworld Goo Goo Dolls episode, you mentioned this one. I do. Yes. So yeah, when we talked about Underworld last, when we were talking Goo Goo Dolls and Underworld, um, I, I assigned you Buku Fish, which is, uh, I believe, the third album. Uh, it's got a bunch of cool jams on there, including Jumbo, which I really appreciate. But their big jam, the one that they, you know, encore with and stuff, is Born Slippy. But it closes out this movie, and it's astonishing. Um, did, did you enjoy the, like, because we're kind of getting a little glimmer of hope at the end here, and they choose this beautiful Underworld song as he's stealing money from his homicidal friend and deciding to choose life. So he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. And then that, there's, a, there's a great moment when he looks at um, Spud, and Spud's yeah. awake, and, and then we cut back to, like, his book, the book-ending monologue of him, like, I choose to choose life. I'm going to clean up. I'm going to do this. And as he walks into frame and blurs, um, which I think to me implies, like, is he? Yeah. Is he really? Yeah. It's almost kind of like the, the story was repeating itself. And then the friends freaking out and, like, the cops come mm-hmm. for No, I... Beg me. I, um... I love when a movie is finishing or, or, or like uh closing uh ending there it is um <laughs> you forgot the word ending <laughs> yeah. and, uh, starting no um middling middling <laughs> i love it and then they they start playing like a song while like and then the song it's like in the background kind of faint and then when the, the the credits come up, then the song is like, and I love that. And it just, it's 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 always been kind of like a, uh, like a like a like a really cool style choice. I really like when when filmmakers do. Um, mm-hmm. One of my favorites is actually in that in the movie Ocean's Eleven, um, when uh, Brad Pitt picks up um, George Clooney. And uh, they're driving off, and like they're followed by Andy Garcia's like cronies, and it's it's just really like really upbeat. I think it's called like Sixty Nine Police is the band that does it, or that's the name of the song, and I, and I love it. It's just such a I, I just love it. And it, it was it, and it happened in this one. And I'm gonna have to look up the Ocean's Eleven ending. Uh, the the person that scored all the Ocean's movies is named David Holmes. And he's a uh, a very uh, prominent electronic music producer. Oh, th- I I just looked it up. Um, he, he that's him. He did the song. Boom. Uh, <laughs> um. Okay. Well, just to wrap up. Uh, of course, the new water 
song is awesome. New Order, of course, we've talked about many times on this show uh, as we talk about our favorite song from Blade, Confusion, which is a New Order remix. Uh, but Temptation is on here, I think. Uh, did you catch, Did you? what did you think of um, this, the tune by Bedrock? It's the real dance, dancing one. Was that the one playing in the club when he meets Diane? I believe so, yeah. The, the the official soundtrack isn't on isn't on like a, the streaming so i i think it's like people adding and i don't did think you, were, did you miss it yeah i missed it Shit. okay that's fine but i i, um, I noticed it in my watch and um uh-huh. when everyone's like making out with everyone hmm. yeah and then like don't they like go home and they hook up and like you can see you and burger's dick real quick if you pause it I would go frame by frame like I do every time I watch James Bond. Well, 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 you, well, you famously go frame by frame in every movie you watch. That's we've. No, I don't. Only when, <laughs> only when Ewan McGregor's uh, uh, McGregor shows up. <laughs> Did you know that Ewan McGregor has a brother, an older brother, and oh. his older brother is a fighter pilot? Did you look this up? Yes, I okay. saw it today. No, I saw it today. <laughs> today you saw yes. this. He's got his brother is in like the Royal Navy or whatever, or Royal Air Force, sorry, or whatever they call it over there. Ewan McGregor's older brother's pilot name tag or whatever is OB2, <laughs> which I think is just adorable because OB1, OB2. I think it's really cute. Maybe it's his younger brother. I don't know. He looks taller in the in the meme that's been going around for a while. I think I think we should definitely talk talk real quick about about you and McGregor and maybe besides train spotting uh, other favorite performances of his. Boy, I'm a fan too, man. Um, I'm a real big uh, big fish fan. I was going. I'm going through his IMDb. I've never seen Real Big Fish. It's called. It's called Big Fish, Jake. Real Big Fish is a band that I'm sure oh my God, I'm make so... me suffer through. I'm so embarrassed right now. I'm so embarrassed. I'm gonna do the rest of the show. I didn't. I didn't know what album Born Slippy was on from Underworld, so that's fine. The real big fish with two E's, right? How do I, I, I know? I that? love when I love when Hugh McGregor uh, covered uh, "Take On Me" by Aha, and then he, he when he came out on the <laughs> the basketball soundtrack, it was so good. Like, I do love basketball. Oh my god! Baseball, uh, that's another one of those dirty work. Hot yeah, these were absolutely. Also, love Hot Rod. I, I I've seen it like eighty times. I think it's oh, yeah. fantastic. It's a um, film. Wait, where were we? Ewan McGregor. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. I think he's great. Um, clearly, he's a talented guy. Uh, you know, prequels aside, you know what? Did he, what did he have to go on? I can't wait for Obi Wan Kenobi or, or whatever it's called. Um, because I want to see him take another crack at it, you know, and like act with like a good script and all that, you know. You were the chosen one. I love it. Um, yeah. He uh, lo- looks good with really short hair, clean shaven, and, and train spotting, and he looks good with a beard. He's like a very handsome man, and he's a killer uh, actor. Big Fish is really great. What other uh, Moulin Rouge, of course? Like I've got plenty of people who make me watch that. I mentioned actually in our Underworld uh, episode, but Doctor Sleep, he's wonderful in um yeah so i have not seen that spooky season coming up baby gotta watch that one. Oh, men who stare at goats he was really good in oh um, i remember that one is that Clo- Clo- Clooney? isn't that Clooney and jeff bridges and 
It's I think it's a Coen Brother movie. Could be wrong though. I somehow doubt that. Of course, he's the bad guy in Birds of Prey. He's in uh, oh, he was, in, he was so good in Birds of Prey. He's uh, Christopher Robin and Christopher Robin, which is cute. Uh, he's in T two the the Train Spotting sequel that I have not seen, which is an odd choice. Uh, he, he's in August Osage County, which I haven't seen, but I think it won a lot of awards. Jack the Giant Slayer, boy, he's um, done a lot of stuff. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's been around for quite some time. What Black Hawk Down, I guess he's in. Fuck. Um Oh yeah. Dude, a lot of people will surprise you by them being in Black Hawk Down. It's, it's like the same these these war movies, man. Like like did you do you remember that Vin Diesel is in Saving Private in, Ryan? Yes. But yeah, Ewan McGregor's been just always there. He's I think he's fantastic. This is this is probably one of his biggest roles, I think. I think it's one of his earliest ones too. Hmm. He's but a child, uh, and his age is like a fine wine. Fine wine. Uh, um, but yeah, I don't know. To to wrap up, I guess. Uh, the soundtrack's dope. There's a lot of jams on here. Bedrock is an alias for um, John Digweed, who is a uh, really famous um, DJ that I think we'll probably be able to get to if we ever want to do like a DJ mix for one of our assignments and all that. Final thoughts on Transplant? I mean, it it. It was an excuse to finally watch this movie that's been on my like queue for a while. Um, I see, like I was saying earlier, why it's important and why the movie matters and why the soundtrack is important and matters as well. Really was cool to see like the blending of like old, new, and the future, which is mm-hmm. what, um, which I imagine was very strategically um, done. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it was, it was wonderful, and I, I definitely saved some, saved some of the songs. And I, I'd, I'd never really, I mean, Lou Reed. I mean, I've never been the big Lou Reed fan, but are I, you? Are you not? You're not a big Lou Reed guy. No, I, I just, I, I think the, the Velvet Underground is very important and influential. Um, not terrible. It's not, it's not terrible. for your, earbuds. Uh, I thought his the vocal performance on this on, um, on this on the song he has on this on this soundtrack it was really good yeah probably the, probably the best I've, I've heard from him so i'm like not an iggy pop guy like i don't know his stuff but I, everything i've heard like this and like when he when he features on stuff i'm like man this guy's amazing and i should really delve into his his catalog and then i just go about my day and forget <laughs> about it iggy pop the godfather of punk uh, uh yeah that makes sense i suppose so from michigan Iggy Pops from Michigan? Mm-hmm. I don't think I knew that. They originated in, in the Ann Arbor area, but yeah, he's totally from Michigan. I know Ann Arbor, yeah. It's where uh, U of M is at. Transpiring a uh, uh, truly harrowing, beautifully shot, well, well-written uh, movie, and I assume novel, but it's about, it's really about uh, people deciding who they want to be in their lives as they enter the next chapter. It's about trying to escape perhaps youth and like, what do you want to be as an adult moving on into the next part of your life? But this reminded me of another flick from the 90s about people trying to decide who they want to be. And it's called Can't Hardly Wait. I have to say that was genius. Like so brilliantly done. I was like, when you started 
doing the bit, I was like, well, I didn't. Well, I didn't realize you were doing the bit, but I just that was and the way you type that was, dude. Zoom clap. That was so <laughs> good. I'm not even. Oh, that was killer. soundtrack uh, for sipping soundtracks i picked one of my all-time favorite 90s movies uh can't hardly wait from 1998 uh, this one was i feel like on pretty constant uh vhs rotation growing up mm-hmm. uh i i so many of uh so many of like my favorite actors from that time make an appearance in this movie uh one of my crushes from this time makes the appearance of this movie peter facinelli hello no um jennifer love Wait, hewitt jennifer, okay. I, I, I thought you might go like deep cuts with it or something like selma blair shows up for like oh, one yeah. scene and, and i was like wait selma fucking blair talk about early crushes like this is you a selma blair guy oh yeah <laughs> that was a weird pause uh, uh, yeah absolutely oh my god um yeah lauren lauren ambrose yeah the, the redhead yeah absolutely don't look back you could never look back um yeah nice uh uh-huh. no uh, yeah there was this a uh, lot a lot of young uh young jake Brumgold crushes were were to be found in Carnegie Way, which maybe that's why I liked it so much as as a, as a kid. Um, no denying Jennifer Love Hewitt is like a beautiful, beautiful woman. Uh, <laughs> talking about distractions from like cinema, like she has so much hair in this movie. <laughs> I'm like, they gotta have, they had to have added some stuff in there, right? Like, because her hair is like, bam, like and like amazing in every shot, uh, and there's just so much of it. Like, dude, I'm. I'm so happy you watched the movie because Jake watched Train Spotting today, and I watched Can't Hardly Wait today. <laughs> uh, I'm sure after wrapping up Train Spotting, Jake needs a little palate cleanser, and I can't think of anything better than Can't Hardly Wait. You know, I'm I'm so happy you watched it um, because there's one song that features. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of them, but there's one song that features in the movie that isn't on the darn soundtrack. And it's the song that Amanda, that plays when Amanda walks in by the Sneaker Pimps. Sneaker Pimps, yeah, Six Underground. Yeah, oh, dude, that song rules. When I was watching the scene, um, I could hear the piano line coming in. The boom, 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 boom. And I I was 
listening closely, I'm like, is just like I was listening closely to like what if episodes. I'm like, is this a sound alike or is it actually sneaker pimps? Uh, but it is sneaker pimps, yeah. Uh, sneaker pimps. Uh, I would, you know, going back and thinking of that song, kind of reminds me of like Portishead, you know, definitely mm -hmm. that trip hop and the. Uh, were, were you a sneaker pimps six underground fan? I I I've only I only really know the song, uh, and because I watched Can't Really Wait so much, it's kind yeah. of like every time it comes on, like at a at like a store. Uh, like shop out shopping or something like that. I'm like, oh, this is Amanda Beckett's song. You know. <laughs> <laughs> when did you first find? How? What way did you watch it? Was it like a movie night with friends kind of thing? Like as it was for me. Like, uh, or, or was it like uh, just like a, a blockbuster rental for yourself when you're hanging out? Or All did you see? It, did you see it in a the theater? Did Did you uh, go on a date to it? Did anything like that? I didn't see it in theaters, but pretty much. Pretty much all of the above, actually. Mm -hmm. um, with friends, solo. I feel like this one was on HBO a lot growing up. Uh, um, perhaps. It's a good, uh, like, high school fucking sleepover hangout kind of movie. It's so, because it's so fun. Everyone's going to find something. It's like, a, it's like super bad or whatever. You know, like, like it's yeah. like a, you know, teen romp. Everyone's kind of trying to get laid, but they're whipping some message at you and all that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I think I saw it like after I, I had uh, learned who like Seth Green was uh, in my apparently because I'm gonna mention it again because I pretty much mentioned it every episode of our show. Idle Hands. Um. <laughs> I knew it when I was googling Can't Hardly Wait. Idle Hands showed up a few times and I'm like, I was like, if you're like this, also you know related or whatever. I'm like, oh, he's gonna fucking bring up Idle Hands again. If you're if you if you're playing the the sip and memos uh, idle hands drinking game, uh, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> and call a doctor. Yeah, please call a doctor. Yeah, drink um, some water. And it was so cool because it was um, I I loved that movie Dutch growing up with uh, Ethan Embry and Ed O'Neill. I have no idea what that is. No, it's uh, it was a comedy from like the early '90s with Ethan Embry who plays Preston in this movie. Yes. And he's like this like stuck up like little asshole kid and Ed O'Neill, Al Bundy himself, is his yeah. mom's new boyfriend. Okay. And he's like, I'll go pick him up from boarding school because I want him to like me and we'll take this like trip cross cross country so that way we can bond. This like old old grumpy guy and young and young kid. Um and they're just like arguing and fighting the whole time. Um, and so it was really cool seeing Ethan Embry in this older role. It was really cool seeing. Dude, uh, can we can we talk about this guy? He's so good. What what am I? He's been he's been in something recently. He's in, I think he, I'm looking at it now. He's doing a lot of TV and stuff. He was in something recently that I saw him and I'm like, hey, it's like, oh Harold and Kumar. Oh, I, I didn't pick up on that. Gosh, I haven't seen Harold and Kumar in a long time. He's Rusty Griswold in Vegas Vacation. In Vegas Vacation. Okay, well, that's the shitty one, but all right. Uh, he's in Empire Records. Empire Records, bro. He's in uh, one of my fiance's favorite shows, Grace and Frankie. Uh, okay, I did, I should watch that because June Diane Rayfield's in it, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's just he's he's he stayed he stayed like pretty prolific in, in his work and always just really enjoyable to see 
Can he be our, our special guest for season three? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we could get him on the show, honestly. Like, uh, <laughs> if he's our season three crush, <laughs> Ethan Embry, <laughs> people would be like, who? If I slid into his DMs, I bet he would be like, all right, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, his performance in this movie is like heartbreaking. I read in the IMDb trivia that the role was written for Brecken Meyer. Uh, really? Yeah. I think his name is Preston Meyer in the movie because I um, because they wanted Brecken Meyer to play. But Brecken Meyer was like doing something or um, working on a show or whatever. And so he took the role of the lead of the band. If you're waiting for a love burger, well done. <laughs> the whole band thing is so hilarious. Okay, let's just talk about this movie because it's so fantastic. I, yeah. I had such a great time re-watching it today. Like, cause I, I also like, you know, in the day, like watch this all the time with friends and all that. And there's so much to enjoy because <laughs> it's like hilarious um, and really it's, well done. And everyone's hilarious in it. So many like little subplots. Like you have like Preston yeah. giving Amanda the note, but then you also have Seth Green and Lauren Ambrose. And then you have, which is Mike great. Green. Yeah. Like, uh, having like a you know um, identity crisis and you have like Mike Dexter realizing that he's kind of a loser you know and yeah then, and then when, when think, yeah huh? when when, uh, when homeboy uh, Connolly shows up or whatever Jerry yeah. Jerry O'Connell sorry yeah. from sliders <laughs> and he's like no nah, man college isn't like that they all they're all smart and shit and he's like oh fuck I love it she broke he goes yeah but you're probably what is it? he's like I can't even get laid as a freshman He's like, what about your girlfriend? He's like, she broke up with me for some senior pre-med. Yeah, they're all pre-med, he says. <laughs> Guys like us, we're dime a dozen. Hey, you're still dating that girl, Amanda, right? He's like, uh, he's like, hang on to her, man. That's the best advice I can give. Also, flip-flops in the shower. I've got warts everywhere. <laughs> like, which is, it's like, you have this like, like oh no, like moment with, with the jock mic, uh, it was, it was performed Peter Facinelli, or is that it? Yeah. Uh, who is fantastic. I mean, duh. You know, which is so great. Um, but he, like the whole time he's trying to get his buddies to like break up with their girlfriends so they can have like a summer of, you know, whatever excess together. That's what uh, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and they all they all don't do it because like hello. Like they're they're dating these amazing like jamie priestley <laughs> yeah jamie priestley like i forgot what was in this oh my god uh and I'm like well yeah well you know her dad got us pearl jam tickets in august so and then when, <laughs> when's the concert august you guys august. suck <laughs> <laughs> the line that like maybe like guffaw and like laugh really hard was uh like, like, Mike, sometimes we say things we, we, that we don't mean. <laughs> so I like when, uh, when he goes to the other friend and they're like making out. He, he like rips the friend off. He's yeah, like, he just keeps grabbing everybody. He's just, it, it, the whole movie, he's grabbing people and like throwing them and stuff. It's hilarious. He's like, did you, did you do it yet? And he's like, Mike, Mike, hey, Mike, hey, Mike, man. Uh, you can tell this guy's obviously got his mind on other things. And he's just like, her, her, her parents are out of town and uh, they've got mirrors. Yeah, so I'm be like stealing somebody. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, I get the picture. Yeah, oh, it's so funny. Did you notice uh, the the gentleman that plays William Lichter, Charlie uh, Cors Corsmo? Cor Did you recognize him from anything? I'm so happy we're, we're talking about 
William because just like Ethan Emery, Ethan Embry, sorry, uh, I, whose movie I watched as a very young age, and it was cool to see him in a, in a, in a more adult role. Charlie Corsmo, I watched TH out of some Hook back in the day. He's the kid from Hook. I guess this was his final movie because he was like, fuck it. Yeah, apparently he was like in MIT at the time. Like this was his summer vacation, like because he's, you know, brilliant and all that. So good for him. I know that he like, I think it was like one of those like VH1, like, where are they now? I think he's like, after this, he became like a professor of like law. Love that. Or something like that. Good, which, good for him. What an interesting dude. Let's get him on the show. Oh my God. Like, uh, we can get on, he can discuss tort law with us and then we can also discuss <laughs> what what it was like working with Robin Williams and Spielberg. I would, I would be up for that. Like, <laughs> so I thought this was a law podcast. I'm like, nope. <laughs> we hooked you. We hooked you. <laughs> There's so much to this. And it's so cool because like, there are so many like little plots and the music is just like really just kind of like peppered in. Uh, uh, I mean, if by peppered in, you mean like every, every time the camera cuts to another shot of the party, like it's another needle drop. Like there's, there's 80 songs on this thing. How'd they pick 12 to put on this soundtrack? I'll never know. But uh, I, don't, I, I could have done without the nothing against the artist, but I could have done without the Missy Misdemeanor Elliot song and would have preferred the sneaker pimps on this i think it would have been yeah little... throw sneaker pimps a little love yeah of course the doy yeah um, and also I... mandy by is it barry Manilow or, or yeah oh. like, like that that's such a prominent song in the movie like why didn't they put that on? i because also... they're selling because they're selling it to teens who like don't know who the hell that is i would have i would have done i would have taken off the, the i guess the, it's around broham which is pretty awesome. And I would have put freaking friend of the podcast, Eve Six, on there. Oh, uh-huh. Uh, road trip song. Tonight I feel like it. If they, he plays it. Um, they play that song at the beginning when Preston finds out that Amanda's single. It didn't like, make the soundtrack. To see on this soundtrack. So wh- one of these is not like the other, and it's that Broham. Well, however you say it. You said Broham, okay track which is like a hip-hop track about going to a party or whatever uh did you look into this dude it, it is a side project from jason slater of third eye blind interesting that's a third eye blind alias the, the wiki says broham broham is a short-lived hip-hop rap side project founded by jason slater of snake river conspiracy and third eye blind and it's considered like one of the worst Hip-hop, like things ever, uh, and that's fine. But he got he got a little uh, uh, soundtrack. Show. I don't think it's even in the movie. Is it? I don't. I mean, maybe like when like Kenny and his like posse are. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Are walking in. Um, Kenny played by the great Seth Green. I feel like I feel like this movie put a lot of money on the careers of Third Eye Blind. Um, because their their song "Graduate," which I love, is I also on- enjoyed it a great deal. I'm, I'm not a third blind guy. Their other one was the "Do Do Do" song. Do 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 Do. Is that right? So that one might be in the movie, but in the trailer for the movie, uh, they they do "How's It Gonna Be," 
which makes the movies oh, okay. like real like dr- like dramatic and stuff because everything's like shot in slow motion while this like sad third eye blind song is playing I, I really dug Graduate, for sure. Graduate's one of my faves, definitely. We'll get around to talking that, uh, talking more graduate. about. Graduate. Um, what about what about Smash Mouth? <sighs> what about them? Um, I don't know. Is there a worse name for a band ever? Uh, <laughs> Smash Mouth. Ugh. What is that implying? Um, uh, I'm not a fan. Like, uh, I immediately think of Shrek. <laughs> Somebody! I don't know. I think, uh, oh, God. And I can tell already, like, in the edit, they're going to be playing underneath me saying this. Like, and I'm bummed out about it. I do not I do not like Smash Mouth. I do not, I don't get it. It's like, you know, I think we talked about it earlier, like, when, like, the swing music, like, big band and ska stuff was coming up, in the 90s, like, they, they somehow, like, uh, became, like, a huge fucking deal. Uh, I guess because the, they must have gotten, like, some dope producers because their stuff sounds fine. Like, it's produced well, blah, blah, blah. And, like, really catchy. It plays, like, three times in the movie. It was it was driving me nuts. <laughs> um, uh, I can't get enough of you, baby. Jennifer Love Hewitt shows up in the music video because I was watching it, and like at the end, and like, she's like begrudgingly dancing with the lead singer. Of Smash Mouth. <laughs> That's not. It, it, it ends where she's like, she isn't she doesn't it end where she's like got her hands in her hair and she's like lip syncing, can't get enough of you, baby. Yeah, and, and it looks like yeah, like it looks like she's never danced before in her life or just hates being there. And like, in the lead singer of Smash Mouth famously looks like Guy Fieri. Like it is like I guess the movie is kind of about like you know this uh, super popular girl uh, realizing that the only people that really, the only person that really understands her is a person that's like not in their league or whatever. So maybe that's what they were going for, but I doubt it. Uh, with the music video, <laughs> um, no, I do not like Smash Mouth. There, not even might might as well be not even. No! Might as well be walking on the sun. Don't they all sound the same? They do kind of all sound. Get enough of you, babe. Like it's it's all the same goddamn tune. I hate it I, so much. I feel like I feel like Smash Mouth is like one organ player <laughs> from like Sugar Ray. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, Wait, I feel like Sugar what, Ray executed a little bit better, and so a little bit more like digestible. Um, I'll take I'll take Sugar Ray over Smash Mouth any old day. Yeah. Uh, did, did were there any other uh, standouts for you? I know Blink One Eight Two made an appearance on here. I saw Blink. Um, uh, watching the music video, I'm like, this is uh, pre Travis. Yeah. Yeah. And they're in the I'm like, oh. Yeah. I'm like, what happened to that guy? If is I'm he not- okay? Has anyone checked in on the old Blink One Eight Two drummer? Poor guy. Oh man. It, it's, oh man. I actually bought a. So that, that album came out on Dude Ranch and I actually found a promotional poster for that album that they hung up in record stores because I'm a nerd. Um, and so- uh, hello, that's what the show's about. It's fine. <laughs> um, there, were, there are two songs on here that I return to the most. Um, and I was hoping to see what you thought. Um, 
Pie by Feeder. Okay. Going out for a while so I can get high with my friends. This guy doing his best Billy Corgan imp- impression. Hi with my friends. Um, all right. And then Matthew Sweet's Farther Down. Ooh. Really? Man, bottle bottle that up and I will drink it all day long. Talking about sequencing, like the second half of the soundtrack is like real lovey-dovey. And, like it really slams on bricks. Um, well, I guess maybe not. I don't know. I'm looking at, because uh, I, I sent you a text because uh, I, I was at the pool hanging out with my friends and all that. And I popped on the soundtrack. And by the way, like it's just, you know, us all hanging out and some guys are playing like beer pong or whatever the fuck. And then and I'm talking to some people and then I'm like, I'm going to put on Can't Hardly Wait uh, on Spotify and see what happens. And everyone enjoyed the hell out of it. Because it's like, it's hard to disagree. And like, you know, there's a lot of, plenty of throwbacks on this. And then Parliament, Flashlight shows up. And I'm like, this this is the jam. It's clearly like the best tune on here. Well, but I don't know. Like, uh, well, and then, <laughs> and then when Can't Get Enough of You Baby came on, everyone just Can't like, get enough of you, but that's everyone when just I, started uh, making out with each other at that no, that's when I uh, when I had gone upstairs to use the bathroom and they had unplugged my phone. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They changed the you know whoever was controlling the speaker or whatever. Oh. Uh, I will say like the one that really popped out on this lesson is um, uh, uh, the title track by the Replacements. Can't hardly wait. Oh, I, I, I don't I don't know the Replacements and. Um, this song is fucking awesome, man. Uh, great song, um, great band, really. Uh, do I, I need to be no? Do I need to dig on into the replacements? I, I I would recommend it. Um, to, so the song that this one can't hear the way comes out on is uh, an album called uh, "Please to Meet Me." Jake is, is not googling. I can I can verify. <laughs> we are uh, music nerds. And then I w- I recommend. Please to meet me. That uh, for more of can't hardly wait, you know. Uh, and then um, Tim. Tim is a really good one as well. Uh, they're just they're they're like a really good like new wave punky band from from Minneapolis. They're uh, punky. Like I listened to it. It was like it was like um, one of like the greatest surprises on here. Like I really enjoyed it. I didn't know if like oh am I gonna dig on this stuff? Um, but that was like oh cool. And it's to me it didn't sound very punky, but it sounded like. Uh, like my morning jacket or something like that. Okay. Like like with the reverb on the vocals and then through the horns and everything. It's a great jam. Yeah, the the replacements. I actually got to see them a couple of years ago at um, at ACL here in town, and it was it was great. I mean, they played this song. This was the song that kind of introduced me to them. And um, um, what year did this movie come out? Ninety eight. How is there not? A fat boy slim tune on here. You know what? That is a noticeable like omission. Because ninety eight is when uh, you've come a long way, baby. Like, what was the other? She, she's she's all that. Like they have like a whole dance sequence to uh, Rock and Roll Skank. Maybe they got the they got the fat boy slim treatment, and they and these guys didn't. Um, curious. I do kind of like revisit this soundtrack um, quite quite often just because some of those songs, I, I, I don't really want to go, I, I know I probably should as a, as a lover of music, but 
like for like that Matthew Sweet higher song and Feeders High. I, I just like I'm like I just really want to listen to those two songs. I don't want to dive into the albums. Um, mm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we would be uh, remiss not to mention the big musical moment in the movie when Charlie Cosmo performs Paradise City. Right. <laughs> and then and then immediately like everyone wants to bang his brains out. Yeah. And like and uh what there's that great line when he's dragged in by uh like two and then three girls into like the makeout room. Uh, another girl like two strangers come up and like at the party like did was yes. William, Lichter, William Lichter going into the makeout room with with th- three women? And then one and the other girl like, goes, yeah. Like, she goes, yeah. They're like, they're so lucky. <laughs> and like, so he's just crushing it. And uh, that night, and like, he's got that great moment with Mike, Mike Dexter or whatever the fuck, um, where like Mike apologizes to him and stuff like that. Oh man, there's some really good shit in here. This is a good movie. It, I mean, I'm so I'm so happy you enjoyed it and you, and you got to revisit it. I mean, I think it's it's so well written. I think there's like there, there's like one clunky joke that falls flat now. Right, uh, uh, multiple times. Yeah. It's the F uh, word, right? Yeah, it's 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 the F word, which is just has never been acceptable. Yeah. It's very of its time. Um, very much so. Yeah. I think it's certainly important to to make note of that. Yeah, uh, watching it today, I'm like, oh, I should turn the volume down. Like, like <laughs> uh, and you know, yeah, but yeah, but uh, that's also, you know, I don't know. Also, that's kind of the way fucking teenagers talk. So I don't. Know. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it's it's not it's not. A, well, it's of its time. It's '98. It's yeah. that's how kids talked. And like, you know, if it was taking place in 2020, like, uh, have you seen Booksmart? Oh, wonderful. Fantastic. Another very needle-droppy movie, and there's no F-words in it. Uh, just, just, just to show you how long, how far we've come in 20 years. A lot of things are of its time. It's Oftentimes, I would argue maybe, because there are no like cell phones in it. It's kind of like a time I, I noticed that, too. Like, 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 oh, they're locked in the bathroom. Like, just whip out your cell phone and call somebody. Yeah. Oh, right. You know, so it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of a timeless movie, um, yeah. but it's also very of its time so if you've never seen it just you know go into it with go into it with your enlightened ears and just know that we've come a long way baby um yeah there's a really intense scene that involves a payphone, and these are phones that you use to put quarters in to call people oh my god what what the angel stripper of barry manilow you get on that phone and you tell him (laughs) i've forgotten about that joke he's like oh no 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 then she's like no it's okay this movie is like shot beautifully the camera is always kind of moving in interesting ways and like uh and also like ethan Embry like speaks to the camera like directly like deadpool style ferris yeah. bueller style and if he's not doing that he we hear his voice over and all that man he's got these like just these puppy dog eyes that like you're like oh boy i hope he i hope this works out for this dude and then when he finally confronts amanda and like his, and after all those dudes are like going after her and all that and she chews him out it is the most devastating because like, you're waiting the whole movie. Oh boy. I think there was so much, I think maybe why I connected with it. Cause there was like, there, there was so much in that performance and that journey where you just like, where you try to like make, 
you try to make like the biggest things out of like the smallest things like when he's like we're meant for each other because i noticed that when she pulled out her pop tart she was eating a cherry pop tart just like me you know and it's yeah. like and you're he's just infatuated with this girl and you're yeah. and you try to make he was trying to just to find like signs like this whole movie it was it was the pop tart it was him being late to school it was her breaking up the day of graduation the angel the Barry Manilow mm-hmm. song he's constantly looking for signs this entire movie and I hadn't seen it in a while and like the movie opens and him he's buddies with uh, uh, Lauren Ambrose as Denise Fleming and I was like wait why, why aren't they together like this feels like a missed opportunity like I, I was kind of standing them or, or what do you call it uh, shipping them yeah like like shouldn't she end up with him like they're best buddies and all this and but like oh I mean, they, and then I'm like, wait, are they related? But like, no, the relation thing comes in when when Jennifer Love Hewitt's cousin hits on her, which is so, which is so fucked and hilarious. By marriage, <laughs> like, um, yeah, by marriage. That, Denise and and Preston. At one point, he was like, they're walking in the party, and he's just like, God, were you were you this big of a bitch when we went out? And she goes, Yeah, I was a bitchy eighth grader that whole week, actually. Oh, I missed that line. Okay, so there's a little history. Okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, oh my God. And then oh, the act, the actor, I don't want to get her name wrong because she's so good and freaking everything. Everyone's in this. Jason Segel's first film performance. He's the watermelon guy. Yeah. Jason Segel. Which, in the preview, he, com- he has a bigger part in the preview. He comes in and he's just like, I filled this with 10 bottles of vodka in September. I was, yeah, yeah, I was waiting for that. Maybe I was taking a pee or something, but it, was that it's still in the movie? No, it never, and then it breaks. Yeah, I remember that vividly. I'm like, you can do that to a watermelon? Uh, and I did last week. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's Jason Segel. But he, he's got the, him and the uh, Sonar dude, like, have that great back and forth with Amanda when, when he's like, he wears t shirts sometimes. He's kind of tall, but, like, you know, not really. I don't know. He's Preston, man. Yeah. You know who else was cool? Thelma. She was a hip, hip lady, man. Like, but like uh, t-shirts sometimes, t-shirts comma sometimes was like the running joke with me and my high school buddies all the time. Title of the episode, t-shirts sometimes. Oh, I love that. Awesome. Uh, uh, Clay Duvall. Um, she played uh, Stokely in uh, The Faculty. Um, oh. When Seth Green goes up to her and she, he's like, hey, yo, you want to dance? And she's like, I'm allergic. And she's like, he goes, to dancing? To dancing? And she goes, yeah. And she just like walks away and he like, he tries to do like the fishing rod thing to the other girls and they walk away. <laughs> he's like, Seth, Seth, Green, Seth Green is really great in it too, man. He's like really, does, really acts his ass off. Like, as like, you know, like a, you know, uh, is that okay? Has that aged well? Like, this, you know, white suburbanites trying to act uh, urban, you, you know, like, uh, yeah. I don't know if that joke still lands as hard, you know, anymore, but uh, I, I mean, in the day, it was like the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I remember remember when uh, William Lichter gets the, he drinks the beer and he spits it out and he goes, the beer has gone bad. No one drinks yeah. the beer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, he's got the little card as like 
I will know exactly how much alcohol I can imbibe before we have to do our scheme and all that. The two is two buddies with the X Files shirts on. Yeah. Oh man. He's like, you know, you know, William from this light, you look just like David Duchovny. And he's like, oh, <laughs> like, that was the other line I left so hard. <laughs> oh, like nothing, you couldn't have said anything better. Like, <laughs> uh, oh, no, that's I so great. Uh, I'm really happy you enjoyed revisiting this one. And oh the, man, what a good time! Uh, the I was looking through the on on the Wikipedia. They have a featured music, and the featured music rules. You have uh, aforementioned Barry Manilow. You have Dire Straits on there. Eve Six. Um, what's what's the Dire Straits tune? Romeo and Juliet. Love struck Romeo. Boom. Um, you got a uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt doing a song. Uh-oh. You got <laughs> our previous one of our favorites from a previous episode, uh Rob Zombie's old band White Zombie doing more human than human. More human than human. Yeah. Um Tone Loke. Talk you talked about the, yeah. the big band craze, Brian Sel- Brian Setzer Orchestra. Nazareth. See, why, why, why isn't Brian Setzer bigger than Smash Mouth? Because like, that guy was cool. And he had like a, well, it was because he had a band of 40 people and he couldn't afford to pay him. Yeah. <laughs> and one of my favorite, actually, my, my final favorite move, uh, music cue of the movie that also didn't make the soundtrack uh, was Yazoo's Only You, which plays in the train station uh, when Preston is leaving to go right with Kurt Vonnegut. Um, also, if we're talking about the ending of the movie, when Amanda realizes that oh that was the kid, and finds him in the in the uh, in the yearbook that Clarissa, who is of course has to explain it all oh. at, by the end, Clarissa early early crush. Oh yeah, for sure. What a great uh, actress too, like or actor. Yeah, she's awesome. And she was like already Clarissa when this movie came out. She's just doing it for fun. Yeah. Um, but that but that last sequence, you know, which is pretty great in like uh you know jennifer Hewitt has like these uh like her lower her bottom eyelids like do this like little squinty thing um and she, you know she of course she's adorable and and she has way too much hair and all this but she's when he, that, like she's wearing that kitten shirt with the sweater you know oh i don't remember i'll see if i can i'll see if i can <laughs> find <a kitten> <laughs> wow well she's wearing that like blue tank top the whole movie uh, yeah or whatever or what would you call it all the outfits are great, by the way. Um, you know, uh, Seth Green and his Jinkos and stuff is hilarious. Uh, but when when Ethan Embry finally gets the kiss with her, it's a bit... <laughs> it's a bit much. He really goes for it. And it just hangs on them a little too long. And he, like, sucks her face off. What? Like, the, 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 the kiss at the end of the movie is really intense. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of freaked me out a little bit. I don't... That's my one note. My one. Note. Oh, I'll also take out the F word, and then, and then maybe have it be like, a, or have her lean in for the kiss because he kind of goes for it. Final thoughts on the soundtrack? <clears throat> uh, soundtrack's a fine time. It, it's got some, um, you know, I, I wasn't as much into the uh, Matthew Sweetness sappier stuff. Um, uh, the, the Busta Rhymes tune on here samples the Knight Rider theme, which is the David Hasselhoff show from the 
80s with the talking car. I loved Night Rider when I was a kid, um, which was later sampled again by uh, Punjabi MC. Replacements blew my mind. Uh, it was really great. I'm going to add that to my rotation. Uh, actually, was surprised that I dug the Third Eye Blind song. Uh, yeah, it's a good time. A little little time capsule of a album, you know? I think same as Trainspotting. And both these movies are about people, you know, trying to change their lives or expecting a change and 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 shot in a similar way with um you know um you know in transpiring all their names pop up as we meet these our characters and then and can I wait we do the same thing but with like yearbooks you know uh, stats and all this I, so I, like, I thought that that's always been one of my favorite things ever like the yearbook yeah. stats and how William it's like his scrolls up like how Kenny how on Seth Green's it says like JB basketball and then Princey says one game. One one game. Yeah, I caught that too. <laughs> Fun movie and uh, a lo- really lovely palate cleanser. If you watched Train Spotting right before, awesome. You know, and I was I meant to say it earlier, but in uh, while we were discussing Train Spotting, but in one of Danny Boyle's follow up movies, I think it came out in two thousand, uh, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, The Island. Um, he used yes. a lot of electronic music, specifically uh, Orbital. Mo- uh, Moby or and Underworld makes an appearance on that. Uh, yeah, uh, I think Porcelain's on that soundtrack. Uh, uh, Orbital um, Orbital wrote a song for the movie, which was scored by Michael Giacchino, I believe. No, Angelo Barabenti. Shit. All right, wait. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> See, I don't want to... Man, this episode, I'm like, oh boy. Uh, Angelo Barabenti wrote the score for it. Uh, and Orbital did a song with his music and it's called Beached. And uh, I, I, uh, yeah, I have got that 12 inch and it's awesome. It's got like a little Leo voiceover in it. Another movie with a, uh, that uh, bookends with a monologue. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen the island, gosh, in a long time. I remember, um, it's, like, actually, it's, wait, it's called The Beach. The Island well, is I a movie that's, that stars Ewan McGregor. I see where you went wrong here. My bad. Thank, that's why we have yeah. this show together. The Island is the Michael Bay movie with Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson. So we're just bringing it right back to Scarlett's seat? Like... Yeah, man. Oh, we're just sipping Mimo's, twisting and tying our synapses tonight. <laughs> Maybe we should bring this to a close. Any any final thoughts on Can't Hardly Wait or Train Spying or anything? No, I, you know, I feel like this was, I think this is our, our best soundtracking, sipping soundtracks episode yet. Sipping soundtracks. Love that. Yeah. All right, so uh, definitely check out um, Train Spotting soundtrack and the, and the movie, of course, and Can't Hardly Wait um, soundtrack and the movie, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I do not think that you will regret the, either of those uh, decisions. Um, if you like strongly and uh, well written characters and text on the screen, you'll enjoy Train Spotting <laughs> and Can't Hardly Wait. <laughs> Um, but for, so for next week, I mean, we're recording this at the tail end of September. We uh, are. So we're getting ready to, to dive right into spooky season, which is spooky season. Jake. Which is our favorite round here at the Sipping Mimo studios. Um, there's a, there's a chill in the air. It is. It, it, it got to 86 today. So, I mean, it, <laughs> where's my jacket? I'm going to break out my scars. 
so uh, in keeping with we had we had so much fun, you know, revisiting these soundtracks. Um, yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep with that theme for our uh, for a special edition uh, spooky season um, themed episode. A movie keeps popping up in our conversations about uh, this era of music and like what we were listening to and all this, and then, and we realized I think a long time ago that there's a certain flick and soundtrack uh, that really kind of sums up uh, wh- what this whole show is about, and it's kind of perfectly made for this show because it melds uh, a lot of metal and radio rock into these uh, electronica artists. So with that, I'm super excited to announce we're finally doing Idle Hands. No, 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 did I, no. Did I that's what not that, that's not what we discussed, Jake. Did I miss them? Oh, oh sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so with, with all that being said, uh, next time we are going to do a deep dive on. Oh, I should have looked up what the year was. Ninety-seven. 97 we're going to do a deep dive on 1997's spawn and spawn. it's opening soundtrack of course and the soundtrack to spawn um there, there are some artists on here that we've talked about already uh there's some that we will talk about in the future um it's gonna be a good conversation I can't wait. I, I I have so many fond memories about this movie. I'm going probably going to revisit it beforehand. Oh, absolutely. Um, what other movie will you see Martin Sheen talk to uh, a demon John Leguizamo? I always uh, forget that Martin goddamn Sheen is a movie. <laughs> it's going to be a good. It's going to be a hell of a time. <laughs> Thank you for listening, as always. Yes, uh, I've been Elliot. And I'm sometimes Jake. You're no, often, more often than not, Jake. That's true. That's true. I did the I, math. <laughs> and I've been Jake. Thanks for listening. Um, please like and subscribe uh, wherever, yeah. wherever you find the show. Please, uh, if you would like to hear us talk about an album uh, or a movie or we left something out, let us know. Yeah. Uh, and, and we will certainly, certainly touch on it. If, uh, if you have been listening, thank you so much. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to Elliot's sister, Lauren, who did a deep dive through our back catalog. and Yeah, she did. Uh, and gave us feedback, and it was wonderful, and fr- brought up jokes that I had forgotten we had made. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so shout yeah, out to Lauren. <laughs> um, and hope where you are, you are safe. Uh, this is for all listeners. Hope where you are, you are safe. Hug your loved ones. Have a nice mimosa and go watch Can't Hardly Wait because it, it rules. And if you're feeling nasty, watch Transpiring. Yeah. And if yeah, if you're if you want to see the shittiest toilet in in Scotland, watch train watch train spotting. It's, it's a good sequence. Uh, th- thank you for listening. Yes, find us on Instagram, blah blah blah. Like subscribe. Just tell your friends about it if you're enjoying this at all. Um, yeah. and then yeah, hit us up with questions and blah 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 or suggestions and all that. Um and well and uh, uh get vaccinated. <laughs> And, and be safe, of course, and stay healthy. And uh, um, uh, always uh, stay sipping. Stay sipping, y'all. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Clink. Clink.